clap. I'm gonna get you one of the clappers. Yeah, or just like a, maybe, I don't know, I've got my flapjack around here somewhere. Not flapjack, custard cream. <laughs> <laughs> but hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Coffee with Cows. I have coffee, you have- I have coffee. Wow, we both have coffee for the first time in a long time. Cheers. Um, we won't it's still hot. We won't clink because we won't that's fall all over the lovely playmat we've got here. The white <laughs> playmat, which is a, a bold choice. But uh, I'm Amy. I'm digital marketing manager for Chaos Cards, and I'm Johnny. I'm digital content uh, supervisor. And uh, yeah, we are here. We normally live stream four till six every single weekday. We do videos throughout the week as well. But uh, we are here to talk about various different things going on in tabletop gaming, board gaming, card gaming. All of the gaming. As long as it's not on a console, we're talking about it. Yep. And sometimes we are talking about consoles, but that's a different tangent. No, but that does go into the question of the day, which is how media as as a whole, I guess, you know, film, video games, TV shows, music, and to some extent as well, influences tabletop games and has done for, uh, for as long as tabletop games have been around. And it was uh, interesting, the thought I was having, as I was going home yesterday. I must say, commuter <laughs> thinking is one of the best times I find to problem solve yes. as well. The amount of time that I'm like, oh, I found the solution to this. And then it's like, okay, now I need to wait until the next morning. Well, it's less of a solution it. and more of like, yeah, just a, a question, a thought of how... Uh, a lot of things influence other things and things influence things all the time. I'm sure that there is some ways that board games have influenced media. We saw that with the D&D film and how kind of things have gone from board game initially to to the big screen. And I think there's a lot of board game culture that transfers across to films. The first thing I think of is Magneto playing chess in X-Men. Yeah. That is obviously not a board game as we continue to talk about it. But that strategic approach to it, um, I believe chess is used in the Hannibal film, Silence and Lambs, yeah. things like that as well. It's seen, particularly in prisons, to be <laughs> a really interesting way to get people to think of logical ways out of situations. And it's portrayed in media that way. But I would say chess is a, a classic yeah. board game. And where we are looking at the board games in present day, um, there are a lot of different things. Monopoly is often brought out at Christmas in yeah. films. Like there's those kind of standard tropes. Yeah. But what I have found quite interesting is the games that have kind of been brought out simultaneously as a film. So mm -hmm. Final Girl was the one that I okay. thought of because that's not directly related to an individual film, but the, the classic thing of the last surviving girl at yeah. the end of the horror film. So I wouldn't say Final Girl wouldn't be around without horror films, but I can't imagine the concept coming out without that kind of standard. Ugh. Yeah, well, Final Girl is a really interesting uh, board game to, to begin with, I guess. It's a very easy to play board game. Uh, you play the Final Girl trying to escape and thwart this villain that you're trying to fight against. It, it's very uh, modular. You start off with the core box and then you can pick up these uh, additional series, these additional film feature films. Um, as you go across um, and so it plays into that final girl trope but also each of those feature films are based on various different things like there's one that's very much influenced by Alien there's one that's influenced by uh, Friday the 13th there's a lot of these different horror things that you get within final girl and uh, not only is the final girl that you play as 
that is the villain, but is also the map. And that whole thing is very modular too. But actually, there is a Friday the 13th board game. There, there is. is a Alien board game. There is, there's many. And I think there's the easy comparison to make is TV show or film, board game that's mm -hmm. made about it. But actually, there are things that are influenced by rather than directly like this is this. Stranger Things, mm -hmm. huge one in terms of D&D, &D, but there was, and I feel like my face is scrunching because my memory <laughs> might be failing me, but there was a kind of D&D &D book brought out with the Stranger Things yeah. miniature, the, Dem Demogorgon. the De Demogorgon. I haven't Dem seen Stranger Things. Dem Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Yep. Keep, yeah. keep trying to say it. Um, and that D&D &D featured in Stranger Things. D&D yeah. &D brought out a Stranger Things item, and that gave... Some people who would have never considered playing D and D a way to go. Oh, actually, I I might give that a go. That seems cool. Absolutely, and I think we've seen that across uh, the whole scope of board games, trading card games, miniatures games as well. Well, brands, big brands, Star Wars, Marvel, things like that, have come come out with. Uh, I guess it's kind of like additional merch. Like Star Wars would bring out toys. The, the board games, card games are kind of in that line, in that area too, and that's continued since uh, since those films came out since the dawn of the since film since the dawn of the film and i think there's a lot of stuff to say if a game is featured in a film it brings it to the general popular it kind of increases the popularity but there are also games that like brass birmingham mm -hmm. when peaky blinders came yep. out suddenly people went oh, actually i'd like a a board game about birmingham Let's go for for that. And it is along similar themes. You can see where it connects. But I think if I said Peaky Blinders to you, potentially the first board game you think of might not be Brass Birmingham. I think it's the Peaky Blinders board game. Yeah, I think that's it. And I thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about where games are influenced by or people's association influences it versus the games that are just a direct, not copy and paste, but we talk about uh, games that are reskinned. Yeah. So there are quite a few things. Labyrinth is one of the ones that I think of. There's lots of different... There's lots of different ones. There's a Labyrinth. Pokemon, there's Labyrinth. Uh, Disney villains. And it's kind of one of those that once you know the core gameplay, it doesn't matter which which no, pictures you like. Got. Sometimes there's differences. Sometimes the different characters do slightly different things. Um, but that's also a benefit because if you uh, are looking to just dip your toe, you can get the the original labyrinth. Or if you want to and you really like Pokemon, maybe you get the Pokemon labyrinth instead, and then you don't have to worry about any of the others. And I think there's quite a lot to be said for. That some people go well. If I want to collect all of this game, I end up getting lots of different versions of the same thing. But actually, you don't have to no. get those. And if your interest is... Uh, so my example is I really like Moomins. Mm -hmm. Really like <laughs> Moomins. And we had a game come in that was Moomin-themed, and I hadn't seen any other Moomin board game. So instantly I went, yep, I'm getting that. My fandom kind of overruled yeah. whether I was going to be interested in the game, but the game itself, it's... A roll and write, a roll and colour, mm -hmm. I think is the best way I can describe it. And it is actually something that I would really enjoy. So I think if your fandom, whether it's for a film, whether it's for a TV show, gets you interested in a game, it's a good way to get new people into the 
I was about to say the industry. It's not even the industry. No, well, it's just into into games, into additional additional stuff around your favourite film or series. And I think that with that, like we said about Labyrinth, I think you want to... I, I would prefer a game that's a really good game, but then is also, you know, f part of my favourite series. You know, if, if there, for some reason, was a Gossip Girl game that got brought out in 2024, I would like it to be a really good game, as well as have Blair Waldorf and Serena Vanderwoodson in it, all right? I, <laughs> I love this. And it's something that we've spoken about. Like, there's a, a Love Island card game. There is. played... Uh, Jungle, Dunny, Hat, Star, Hammock. Yeah. Um, I'm a celebrity. I'm a celebrity. A taco, cat, goat, pizza. Yeah, that's it. There's a, <laughs> I get confused with the kitten. But, um, like, we played that on stream. So if you're a fan of I'm a celebrity, you're looking for a gift, you can go for that. But the gameplay is just simple, straightforward. Yeah. How? What would you do for a Gossip Girl? Like, if... You're in this. I've had this thought, but I'm, unfortunately, I think I'm in the very small minority of Gossip Girl fans that also really likes really <laughs> crunchy Euro game board games. Um, so I would totally have it where I would be in like uh, the, the in the in the school, and you've got this little section of the the cool girls, and they're trying to cool girls, and then <laughs> yeah, not not the uh, a Billy Piper, not kind the Billy of. Piper show, no. um, but you're kind of going around trying to convince everyone to join your group, or maybe trying to get power and influence over the school, something like that, but yeah, never going to happen, um, because again, I'm in a very, very small niche, but uh, it's interesting to, to kind of think about those games that are really good games, but also have an IP related to them, and Dune Imperium is a super popular game that kind of crosses deck building and worker placement, had a load of expansions to it as well, that I think is a really good game, but also has the Dune kind of stuff on it as well, and it's based on the new Dune franchise too. And Dune is a book as well as mm. the films and things, so in terms of having the amount of creative input to it, there's so much you can draw from. Yeah. And I think there are potentially things that you go, okay, I might buy a Studio Ghibli set of playing cards, but I'm not going to be playing a Studio Ghibli game with those playing cards. No. I'm going to be playing Canasta if I get two decks and teeth. 21s. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm going to be doing. But something that is quite interesting is the kind of trading card element of it because i believe it was yesterday we were actually talking about final fantasy yeah i mean the final fantasy trading card game we've had opus 22 i think it is now that we're currently on so it's been around for a little bit of time and people are you know big fans of final fantasy also potentially are collecting that game with its beautiful artwork but then there's also a really nice trading card game in it as well and it's a trading card game too so you're getting a new release every other month or so uh and can kind of keep up with that as well and it's got characters from the entirety of Final Fantasy and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of joy in that where it's like it's not one of the big trading card games and you don't have to go full throttle but it's also something that if you've grown up with the Final Fantasy games if you love playing those and you're thinking actually I would like more of this but it's not going back and replaying the games it gives you that kind of opportunity to mm. re-immerse yourself in it 
and that's really exciting. I, I yeah, believe. Absolutely. I'd like and I think if you like these things like Final Fantasy, Digimon, One Piece, uh, I guess Yu-Gi-Oh to an extent is part of this group, Disney Lorcana, Star Wars Unlimited coming out very soon, enjoy them while you can because trading card games don't always last forever. And as someone who likes a lot of things that don't have any traction in tabletop gaming, <laughs> a la Gossip Girl, um, you know, enjoy them while you can, and then you can potentially play the game that's part of them too and enjoy the game too. We've had a lot of fun with Disney Lorcana, Into the Inklands coming out very, very soon. It adds even more stuff from Atlantis, stuff from uh, Treasure uh, Treasure Planet, not Treasure Island. Treasure Island, different film. <laughs> still, still great, would be amazing, but I think there's also the kind of games where you 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 forget that it's because of your interest that you're playing them and it kind of just adds to the whole experience i started the sentence with a game in mind <laughs> and as soon as i started talking it just disappeared straight in front of me well i mean I've, I've got two examples here of kind of things that i knew vaguely but learned more because of tabletop gaming like marvel Marvel's yeah. a huge universe with tons of characters and you know, a lot of people have seen the MCU. That was, I, I mean, it probably wasn't my intro intro into Marvel, but it was my intro into the bigger world of Marvel. I mean, you've spoken about the Spider-Man The Spider-Man cartoon series was great, but it introduced me to characters that I wouldn't know anything about, like Exodus, like uh, Spider-Ham. Uh, so many different characters, Nova, Ironhearts, there's tons of different characters you can play in Marvel Champions that you can build these decks around and they're characters that you wouldn't have known about with gorgeous artwork um, too. Game of Thrones is another one. There's quite a few games around there Game are. of Thrones. There's a lot of miniatures games too, including currently right now. But I never watched any Game of Thrones, the TV series that was super popular, before I started playing the card game. Oh! My intro into Game of Thrones was the living card game. People were talking about Ned Stark and the Red Wedding. I'm like, sure. What? Sure. <laughs> they sound like cool things. Um, but that was my intro into into this whole bigger universe. And I think a lot of people, I think especially with role playing games as well, you're kind of getting introduced into different bigger universes. We've had the Lord of the Rings uh, role playing games that have come out over the last few years, which have been pretty big. Um, we. D&D, there's lots of crossover there with the film, but also with Magic the Gathering. And then Magic the Gathering has had loads of different crossovers over the past few years with Doctor Who, with Lord of the Rings, coming out Fallout very soon too. So tons of different things. And I think there's a... We've kind of spoken mainly about TV, films, a little bit of computer games, but that's not even... There's a whole section of board games that are dedicated to history. Yeah. And that is something that you might be, I don't know, really into the Romans or really into the Victorian era. And nine times out of ten, there is a game out there that you can kind of go, actually, I'm interested in this. Let's make it not just sitting down in front of a documentary. Let's play this game and figure out what would have happened if I was actually in charge of the French army. Yeah. <laughs> Well, a lot of things uh, reference books as well, and books are obviously another medium that I'm I'm less um, au fait with. I think there's... <laughs> I feel like I used to have a lot more time to read, and now I don't. But the books that I love... Alice in Wonderland. Yep. So we had Wonderland's War come out a couple of years ago yeah. now. But I found myself looking at it going actually that's got all of the things that i recall from the book i love the jabberwocky as a, a poem and 
yeah, what would I do with this? How can I encourage more people to play it? And part of that is also where Disney Lorcana really appeals to me as well. Whether you've watched Peter Pan, whether you've read the book, whether you're looking at it to go, actually, how can I get my friends and family who aren't really into this? Slightly hooked because <laughs> they, I, I don't know many people would turn around and go, never seen a Disney film. <laughs> like, no. Never. Never, never. But books kind of leads me onto another topic because books were um, where choose your own adventure books kind of started. And that leads into tabletop gaming, board gaming, role playing games, choose your own adventure video games as well, like the Telltale ones where you choose your different dialogue options. Yeah. Um, and that kind of spans into that and how that's influenced things and kind of come into to board games and role playing games. And then has influenced how legacy games kind of go forward with their stickers that you add on, which direction you choose to go in as well, the options you take, the cards you rip up in Gloomhaven. It still makes me cringe, <laughs> the thought of destroying anything, but actually, that's the fun. That is the fun, and it makes it different from other mediums. Like a book, a choose-your-own-adventure book you can read through, and then you go like, oh, done. Let's go back and read it again and choose a different option. Video games, same thing. Now, you could do that in a board game, but you'd have to buy it all again. And, and I think the legacy ones is one of those kind of, like, it's a really weird concept to me because I, I don't write in books. Yeah. I'm not going to rip out a page of a book. I'm not going to do that. So a legacy game is that kind of almost escape room experience. Yeah. You do it once. It's a one-time use component. Um, but the way those legacy games have been built is kind of through kind of like chapters, essentially, in a story where you do number one, number two, number three, number four. And we've seen that more and more as these games get bigger and bigger, where you're discovering things as you go. Again, kind of influenced by books, TV series, sagas. Give me a cliffhanger <laughs> and I will be waiting for weeks, years, months until I find out the answer. Yeah, and we find that with releases too. Magic the Gathering obviously has had tons of releases that have intertwined with one another in the story. We had Phyrexia and March of the Machines. Yep. Um, we've seen that with Disney Lorcana actually are doing it very vaguely. There's not too much uh, overt stuff, but it's starting this kind of story that's going to grow. And I think the subtlety of a lot of those is it speaks to people who really are immersing themselves in the media. Because whether it's a book, whether it's a film, I've seen so many people or and spoken to so many people who've gone, oh, so I watched it once and then I watched it again mm. and I saw this clue yeah. or i noticed that this was mentioned and it's nice to be able to talk about something with people and to have that kind of common groundness where a lot of the kind of weekly releases of tv shows really came into the to use the american term the water cooler chat and to turn around and go oh did you see last night mm. did you know this happened and i think game of thrones was a huge one yeah for it i think there are still shows that do it but we can now binge them that's as well the, that's the difficulty it's the bingeability of things it's um it's sometimes time between releases as well uh there's there's a lot of different aspects to that i think and we had it with descent as well we had the first descent and then we had the second descent box kind of a year later too and people are kind of carrying on that story D D. yes and i think there's also the TCG releases. One Piece is a really One great piece. example where you can read the books, you can watch the TV series. If you want to get into the trading card game, 
it is so popular mm -hmm. that stock is really hard to get a hold of. So there's that constant interest and demand for it. Meanwhile, on the flip side, there are a lot of games that don't have that tie-in to a TV show, to a film, and that is the kind of kickstart project that somebody's come up with something completely new. And where does that fit in? Yeah, and that's always a lovely one too, where it's like a board game, it's just a new thing, it's a new IP, and that's, I think, something that people will cry out for in film and TV as well. And new IP is not attached to anything else too. Something I was going to bring up earlier when I was going through the Choose Your Own Adventure stuff was yeah. the Arkham Horror uh, yeah. card game and the board games thereabouts. Because uh, the card game, you're building your deck, but also going through this adventure with uh, this character, this investigator too. And that's all based in HP Lovecraft stuff, which again, books, old books. And that I always confuse HP Lovecraft with HD Wells, all of the kind of original sci-fi books, the, the kind of written in the Victorian era mm. and going, this is what the future yeah. is going to be like. And now... We are in that future, which is very confusing if you go back and read the books. Um, but time travel, yeah, mystic monsters from the deep, all of these unexplained things always come up in film and TV. Mm -hmm. There's always something that you're like, <gasps> the big bad. Yeah. Even if you look at Godzilla, yeah, like a classic kind of big bad well, well, I guess, Godzilla a big bad really? uh, it depends on which film I guess but um <laughs> but you could say that things like uh, King of Tokyo and games like that are very much influenced by those big monster films um I was gonna say I think Arkham Horror and that kind of the HP Lovecraft love is actually quite specific to tabletop gaming I don't think I can think of anything too much that's out of that realm uh, recently no I I'm trying to rack my brain at the moment whether there are many, if any, video games that specifically reference it. I think there are a few, but I feel maybe this is just because I'm biased because I'm entrenched in, in tabletop gaming. But I feel like uh, the Arkham LCG, Call of Cthulhu, the role-playing game, even some of the D&D &D books, the, I'm looking behind you at the Fandelver and below the Shattered Obelisk, yeah. which is all kind of body horror-y, kind of H.P. Lovecraft-inspired stuff. I think there's there's an interesting crossover with a lot of this as well because the I'm struggling to think of it anything and I don't know whether that's just because I'm on the spot or whether it's not out there but there are lots of conventions yeah. and things like that lots of people who will cosplay as characters or will take influence for it I imagine actually a sector that I believe neither of us particularly <laughs> dabble in is actually writing yeah like people who create their own fiction, not just fan fiction, but people who write their own stories will take influence from these writers, take influence Absolutely. from these things and go, yeah, that's what I like. And I wonder whether the creation of this content is an area that there are so many more fandoms that connect up that mm. we, we don't know because we're not part of it absolutely not but writing is such an important part in the kind of tabletop gaming thing and and everywhere but <laughs> stick to your yeah. stick to your writing stay in school kids but, but i'm looking at earthborn rangers actually which is right behind you and that has tons of writing in it and a whole new universe also very choose your own adventure which way are you gonna go there will be beasties in the brambles we found that out the the hard way yeah. in in that but there's also where do you want to put your strength where mm -hmm. do you want to focus this time and energy 
Earthborn Rangers is a beautiful game, but not really tied into any... No, not any universe. I mean, D&D as a whole as well. So many different ideas. And then the 50 years now, right? Mm. Or is it 25? 50? I feel like it's 50. I think it's 50. Because it's one of those, I feel like it was a 70s <laughs> thing. And as I quickly do the math yeah, in that my makes head, sense. Yeah. I'm like, 50 seems more, yeah. more accurate than the early 2000s <laughs> time. It really messes with you. But yeah. So many things. There was a TV show for Dean. Yeah. There's all of the films. All of the films that have come out now. There is a film. There's a new there's, one. There's a new one. There's yeah. one coming out. <laughs> I never keep up with releases. But that there is so much popular culture influenced by D and D, good and bad. Mm -hmm. And I think we we tend to focus on the positives. Of course. But there are a lot of stereotypes out there in terms of. I, tabletop game. I mean, I wasn't around in, in the 70s and the 80s, but I know there, there were um, some some definitely very interesting kind of um, what's the word conflicts yes. between D and D and some other groups um, out there. Somewhat related. Um, I was going to talk about this earlier. Yeah. Um, I recently picked up the uh, Dante's Inferno RPG. Yes. Fifth edition, which is based on Dante's Divine Comedy, which is again such an interesting concept. Like. And new no in the in the slightest i think <laughs> it's one of those that we we quickly forget how much is drawn from i'm gonna say historic texts mm -hmm. dante not even this century no. not even last century <laughs> he was three centuries ago I maybe even remember. longer but that text you you picked it up mm -hmm. you've got three books and the dm screen for yeah. it and one book is just the text well it's just the inferno bit of the divine comedy yeah <laughs> it's kind of like wow but it's just being influenced by those things in in such interesting ways as well and putting it into this huge arena that's tabletop gaming uh like we we've had so many different metazoo Metazoo. Influenced by loads of different like American monsters and different cryptids. Cryptids. What what is a cryptid? It's just a beast. <laughs> just a beast. It's a beast. And it's kind of it's not mythology in the Greek way. Mm. It's the kind of urban legends of it. So like Mothman, yeah. for example, is something that people have told stories about. It is the the thing that people go, I got a photo. It's like, did you? It's like Nessie. <laughs> yeah. Nessie's a cryptid, kind of, from my definition of it. Please don't come at me. Um, and it is that versus the Minotaur. Yeah. Like, when you look into all of the stories, fables, mm -hmm. myths, legends, it's really hard to not think of a board game that ties in. We see that in Horrified. It. We see it in Unmatched with tons of different legends as well, as well as people from other medias that you can face off against each other. Well, we started with Labyrinth. Yeah. You don't have Labyrinth without the Minotaur. That <laughs> is, like, that is my core understanding of where that came from. A Labyrinth is a maze with only one entrance and exit. Mm. That's it. If it's anything other than that, it's a maze. Yeah. Which, you know, mazes are fine from the kind of screwball scramble games as well. It's all tied to finding a way out, solving a puzzle, and it's really interesting when you start to think about the games you love to play and what influences have been have either influenced the game or other things that come from it and 
it's a bit fun. Absolutely. But it is, it's a topic that we could talk about forever and ever, really. Days. Um, because media literally influences everything. Everything is influenced by something else. And it's just something that we could talk about forever and ever. But I think we should uh, just quickly gloss over what's coming out this week. Yeah. So we've got Digimon's Exceed Apocalypse, which is the new set from Digimon. Who knew? Something else that's related to <laughs> other, Digimon, me yeah. other media. And... I'm trying to think. Oh, I'm just so excited for Lorcana. We we got Lorcana next week. You've got to wait for that. But I we know. do have some other, again, other media-related stuff. We've got Star Wars Shatterpoint coming out. We've got a new Luke box. Uh, we've got Leia with a load of Ewoks. Uh, we've got other Ewoks separately. And we've got Darth Vader 2 coming out for Star Wars Shatterpoint. Other Ewoks other are available. Ewoks are available. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Star Wars Legion expansions. We've got the Geonosians, which are great. They're like the flying insects that shoot their big... Uh, they like shoots. I can't remember what they are exactly. They're not lasers. They're um, like green. I'm thinking green snot, but it's not. Let's <laughs> it's go for not. Venom. Venom? Or yeah, poison? I don't know. Um, but we've got a load of Marvel Crisis Protocol terrain, which is another interesting thing too, that you can just have out and paint and it looks very beautiful. Black Panther terrain, I believe, Ooh. which is very interesting too. But that's what we're looking forward to this week. Next week, we've got the in-store release date for Disney Lorcana. We're both very excited for Into the Inklands, but I think that will do it for us today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm nodding. I realise that's not great for audio, but I, where you say about miniatures, I think about all of the special effects that you used miniatures to for film film. yeah. for films, and that is something that I feel with the technology that we have, we've forgotten about. But there are so many crossovers, like you say, we could talk forever about yeah, it. Absolutely. But that'll be it for us today. Thank you for joining us. Whether you are listening to us audioly. Audioly, audioly, audionally. <laughs> if you're just listening to us rather than watching <laughs> us, we appreciate it. We're doing our best to kind of keep these conversations interesting. Absolutely. Um, or watching us over on YouTube or now for the first time on LinkedIn, hopefully. <gasps> um, but we will see you next week, next Wednesday or Thursday, depending when this goes out. Another episode of Coffee with Chaos. Bye-bye. Enjoy your coffee. Bye. <laughs>